The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. It's got to be one of the worst days to be a Yankee fan, if I'm being honest. If you were going to say it's a great day to be a Yankee fan, I was going to immediately push back because it is never a great day to be a Yankee fan when you lose a series at Camden Yards. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm realistic. You know, like it's nice to say that it's a good day to be a Yankee fan, but I mean, we all have, you know, every day, seven, seven billion people are experiencing that day in their own unique way or whatever. Yeah. Some hippie chick I went to college with posted that on Instagram today. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, I mean, personally, mine was as the Yankees were going from a tie game to down to nothing and about to be down for nothing. My beautiful two and a half year old daughter was sitting on my lap, eating the ears of her chocolate Easter bunny, pissed right through her diaper, right onto my leg. <laughs> As, Pretty much sums up the series, right? Yeah. Like it was, I'm getting it from like my in-laws about the Yankees. Cause like, you know, Hey, that's the life we lead. That's, you know, I deserve that. And, uh, at the same time while they were pissing down their legs, so was I. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there was any better metaphor we could have opened the show with because that's what they did. They pissed down there like you only get 19 of these. These are free spaces on a bingo card. They're freebies, these Orioles games. The rest of the schedule is really fucking tough. And then we're supposed to get these 19 cupcakes. So I don't care if it's April, September, July, whenever the fuck the Orioles games are, you have to win them. Minimum, minimum, minimum two out of three and preferably sweep to win one to lose any series against the Orioles at any point is inexcusable. Especially when the Lakers miss the playoffs, too. <laughs> they that got us. A, that was a good tweet. Like, can't, yeah. can't be mad at it at all. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem with this team. A lot of people say this team is awful. The real problem is that they're not awful. They're all right, which is the worst place to be. 
you either want to be competing for a World Series, and yeah, it's the first week, and there are people, ah, it's early, but as you said, it's you know it's free games. But they're just you know they're still gonna, they're going to be an above five hundred team. It is the worst place to be. It's like the analogy used with the Giants, where they'd be they'd be having a terrible season and they win a few meaningless games at the end and get like the eighteenth pick. Like we're not that bad, but it, this looks like an eighty four. Like an 83-84 win team, which, it, again, will get the 17th pick or whatever and go nowhere. It's – uh, yeah, it would be like the the Giants are set up for like the number two pick and then Eli's like, you want to see me win week 16 and 17? <laughs> he would do it every year. Yeah, no, every year. And I don't even know where to start. I mean they have – they've scored 30 runs in, in 10 games. So they, they're scoring three runs a game. This weekend they played 29 innings in Camden Yards and they scored runs in three of those 29 innings. Like I don't even know what to say. These offensive numbers, they're absolutely abysmal. Like there's no, there's no spin zone here. Yeah, I mean so there's a lot of blame going around, right? Everyone wants to point the finger at someone. And I think it's fine to just point the finger in a lot of places. Like you could, you point the finger at Hal. Hal's spending, but he makes a decision about who gets to do the actual spending. And that's Brian Cashman. And that is a bad decision. I blame Brian Cashman for building a roster that's just not a, it, it's not a good roster in terms of like the potential is there. Like the potential for these players to play well is there, but the ability Part of having a great roster isn't just having players that all happen to play at their best at the same time. It is flexibility within the roster, flexibility within a lineup. Um, you know, what we bet seven, like six righties in a row. Yeah. Yesterday. Um, so I blame Brian Cashman for that. I've been blaming that for, for forever. I blame Aaron Boone for the decisions that. And it's it's tough for Aaron Boone because he's got this new contract. So it's not like I don't know why risky. Like you're not fighting for your job, even though earlier last week the odds came out that he's the number one manager to lose his job in season this year. He's got the best odds to do it, ignoring the contract. But and maybe he will be, and that would be I think Cashman saying. You know, I'm going to blame it, put the blame on him when it's clearly on me, uh, which should further say Cashman picked him. Right, <laughs> you know? right, exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, and, and there is a like, there's a contingent of, there are defenders for every group that I'm pointing out here. Um, like, to a certain extent, I defend Hal. He is spending the money. He's the billionaire. He, you know, what do I know about being a billionaire? Nothing. But at the same time, he's picking the guy to make decisions who's bad. I blame Cashman. Some people want to defend Cashman and say, well, he's, you know, he's got his hands tied by Hal. No one's hands are tied with $250 million a year. Boone, you know, how Boone's got this lineup. I mean, it's similar to when people are like, you know, we're wasting Cole and Judge's prime. And it's just like, I mean, are we? Because like Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole have gold glovers all over the field, silver sluggers all throughout the lineup. Sometimes guys don't play at their best every day, but also those guys aren't playing at their best every day. So, you know, it's like, oh, like, did we waste Aaron Judge's prime by getting Giancarlo Stanton? 
<laughs> like, right, right. no, we didn't. So I blame Boone for, with what he's been given, not being able to get more. If he didn't win the World Series, you can't tell me that, at least on paper, this team with the right motivation, the right lineup, not babying these guys and being like, well, we need a rest day here. He only had half a rest day last week instead of just saying, listen, I get, I understand that I am old compared to baseball fans. Uh, I'm, I'm on the old side now. I understand that, you know, in the NBA, they track every step you take. Um, you know, they, they're getting to that with baseball, the advanced metrics, the X war, all that shit. I just want a manager that every day when he writes that lineup, he's trying to win that game. Yeah. And we don't do that. Like they sat judge Friday night. Like why? You're, you're coming off a series split. It's not like you've won nine in a row and it's the middle of July and everybody's exhausted. Man, it's, it was April 15th and they're sitting judge. Like that That attitude, the lack of urgency, after it didn't work last year. Like it didn't work. They had to play a wild card game at Fenway and they got embarrassed. And, and continuing with these stubborn strategies that haven't worked, like that's what frustrates me. The fact that Cashman and Boone aren't able to look in the mirror and say, this isn't working. We need to switch things up. They just keep plodding along and it continues to not work. Especially when it's Baltimore, because like we we went to Fenway last year because we lost three games in September to Baltimore. Yes. Sit Aaron Judge against the Astros. He needs a day off, like because I don't give a fuck about 2017. We're not. We're trying to help them sell tickets, or you know, hey, when we put the lineup out, the tickets are already sold in the Bronx. Like, sit, yeah, sit Aaron Judge against the White Sox. Yeah, man. And especially the reason is, especially with the Orioles, is that the team that beats up on the Orioles the most wins the division. Last year, the Rays went 18 and one against them. They won the division. In 2019, we went 16 and three against them. We won the division. I think the Red Sox the year before. So generally in the AL East, historically, whoever can shove them in the locker the most amount of times will win the division. And if we're going to half ass it and, and lose series in Camden Yards, like I'm not going to say the division's over, but it's just very disheartening. Yeah, I mean, it's too early to say, like, anything's over. In theory, these guys could, um, you know, wake up, come out of a slump. Hey, we're getting a slow start. But at the same time, like, we just lost to the Orioles. Like, they didn't look great. Maybe they got a slow start. You know, in theory, everybody who is on a major league roster has the ability to go out and throw a perfect game, hit three home runs. Like, everybody can have that fluke day. Um, But... As a team, like in terms of just coming together, and the other thing is like you see some of these lineups, and it's like, okay. So DJ LeMayhew has a gold glove at second base. Let's start him at third. Um IKF, who is our shortstop, uh, so I get it, but he's got a gold glove at third, so he's our shortstop. Rizzo's got a platinum glove at first. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll DH him or sit him. Uh, Joey Gallo has back to back right field Gold Gloves. Let's play him in left because we got two guys who have never won Gold Gloves that are the exact same size. Let's put them in right. And you know, and Stanton, like I get it, it's his natural position, but like I don't know, he hasn't had a position in the field 
in fucking five years. It's more left field than right field. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And the lineup changes every day. So they've had 10 games. They've had 10 different lineups. And you can't tell – like players want to know where they're going to be, man. Players, You can't tell me that players enjoy being shuffled around, different positions, different spots in the lineup. Like these dudes are creatures of habit. And I don't care what the computer says. The computer can't measure you know, players being comfortable in those spots. Well, here's – I mean – I'm going to put this in as nice as possible. I don't think any of these baseball players are smart people, right? Like, I'm not like, oh, you know what? If they weren't doing this, they'd all be doctors. Maybe Cole, you know, he went to UCLA. He seems like a smart guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, like some of these guys. But when there's a pitching change or, you know, you're, you know, immediately before you're going up, uh, or, you know, hey, last inning there was a pitching change. Yeah, they're printing shit out, or they've got the iPads, and they're pulling you over to the side, and they're like, oh, well, here's the tendencies. He does this, 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 that, you know. And, yes, these guys are getting ready for these series, so they're doing research on the pitchers. I don't think these guys are, like, they're not supercomputers mentally to, like, take that all in and, and like, process and spit out the result, obviously. But if you have play 162 games... And for 120 of them, you've got the same lineup, the same guy in front of you, the same guy behind you. You naturally pick up, hey, this is what this guy's going to fucking do to me. It's Because it, it isn't just he's going to throw his pitch that he's most comfortable with. He's going to throw the pitch that he thinks is going to get me so he doesn't have to see this guy or I just already did with that guy. Like pitchers have tendencies. Curveball with two strikes was like the one growing up that that we always saw. Yes, yes. You know, a reliever coming in, going to maybe, you know, if he throws hard, maybe going to hit you with something off speed to keep you off balance on that first pitch. We're taking a lot of that out because we've got supercomputers spitting out the information. And then we're asking people who maybe barely graduated high school to now after years of being on the road and not getting enough nutrition in the minor leagues to continue to stimulate their brain, we're asking them to be robots. Yeah, it's funny. Mention the intelligence part. So I think like at this point, the difference between a good analytics department and a bad analytics department, right? Like they all have access to the same shit. Their their computers are all the same. It's how you present the information in a digestible way to the players. And clearly, obviously, I'm not inside the Yankees analytics department, but it it doesn't seem like they do a good job of making it digestible for the players to to succeed, at least on the offensive side. Pitching's been great. Matt Blake's been awesome. No, no yeah. complaints on the pitching side. Yeah, I mean, yesterday's game, like, it's going to happen. Like, lasagna is going to give up, you know, some runs. Like, eventually, it's going to happen to everyone. Eventually, it happens to Chad Green. The, my big issue is looking at, like, especially when it comes to the Yankees' wins this year. They're winning every game, just barely. Until we got into like the eighth inning, ninth inning yesterday, and I think maybe one other game, I'm, I'm pulling up the scores so far, so I have it. Every pitch has mattered. Like these guys haven't, you know, I talked about it last year with the, the 13 game win streak stretch. I've talked about it. We, when we've won, we've won six, five, four, two. We lost a, a four, three game. We lost three, nothing. We won four, nothing. That was our blowout. Lost four six, one three nothing with the bases loaded in the ninth inning yeah, by Chapman. Yeah. Lost one two. We had that the five two win on Saturday where we were able to you know relax a little bit. 
And a little, a little. Yeah, like very little. Because when it's within three runs, you never know with this team. Yeah, it's and a safe we, situation. Yeah, and then we lose five nothing. Every pitch that we've asked the starters and the relievers to throw has mattered. Yeah, it takes a toll playing in playing in those close games. It, it takes a toll. It's stressful on everybody. The other thing is that you have no margin for error for mistakes, or especially Boone. Like obviously Boone, we know he's not the best tactician in game, right? If they're up eight one. Then that doesn't matter, right? Boone can't really screw it up. But if every game is 3-2, 2-1, 5-4 in the seventh, there's more chances for Boone to fuck things up. And again, like you're giving jo- – Johnny Luizaga is a great example. No margin for error. He comes in in a 0-0 game. He's got no margin for error. Like you know, two years ago, if Chad Green came in and we're up 5 nothing and he lets up a home run, you know, okay, it's all good. Yeah. Now, now there's no margin for error. That's the scary thing. Yeah, because the offense just isn't clicking. They can't get into any rhythm. They're not – you know, in a position to show the improved athleticism that we have. And there have definitely been some overreactions. I think, you know, for uh, kind of falafel, people are, you know, talking about how terrible his start was. Like, DD started off worse, and Way everyone worse. wanted to blow him because he bought a Metro card by the end of the fucking time. Way he worse. Like, he was getting... DD was getting picked off. He was forgetting how many outs there were. He was yeah. throwing balls into the legend seats. Like, he had the worst first month as a Yankee that you can have. Yeah, IKF's gonna be fine. With IKF, I think it's more about the guys that we passed on, and fans are essentially taking that out on him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, which is, like, there's a $30 million difference. And I don't know... That even I haven't looked at everyone's thing. I've seen Seeger has hit, you know, he I saw him hit his first home run. I don't think so far any of those guys have played thirty million dollars better than IKF. Probably not, probably not. But but you do know that over the lifetime of those deals, those guys, those studs are going to be studs, and and IKF will probably just be will just be who he is. But it's He's not really gap. him. Yeah, he is. He is. But it's not really him. I mean, Higgy, the starting catcher, is hitting one twenty. Gallo's hitting one thirty eight. Glaber's hitting one sixty one. Like. Guys, you, you got to give me more than that. Like to get zero from zero from all of those guys is just killer. Yeah, I mean, Glaber sucks. Like, what happened to him? Dude? I had tweeted last year, uh, not last year, yesterday. Like, well, yeah, his defense stinks, but at least he's batting one seventy nine. I guess <laughs> not anymore. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what is that like. What happened to him? And it's a thing with Yankee fans that we do now. Judge, even while he's been injured, has been productive when he's on the field. Yes. But until he had last year, everybody was just like 2017, 2017. Everybody goes back to, oh, he hit 20, he hit 38 home runs as a shortstop. That Once. was four years ago. Like there has been more bad career than good career for Glaber Torres at this point. No, exactly. And I think we've talked about it. Even the second half of 2019, you know, wasn't as good as the first half. It, it's been a long time and it's it's really bizarre. I mean, he was the top, top prospect in all of baseball. He came up, he made the all-star game the first two years. He seemed so at ease. He seemed comfortable. And it's like he just forgot how to play. And at this point, he's a zero-tool player. He's slow. He's a terrible fielder. He can't hit. He can't throw. I mean, he's literally contributed nothing since 2020, man. It's it's, it's cr- like the mystery of, of him being zapped of his power and zapped of his skill is just bizarre. And, I, you know, mental health is important, okay? So I'll say that. But then I'll also say – I mean, players are just mentally weak now. Like, cause I think he is like, he, he's in his head. I think we see a lot of these guys, you get the results aren't there. Then you start to press 
and it's tough to to get out of it. And I don't know what you know what they used to do in the eighties and nineties. Like I don't, they just went and got drunk, you know, like Bull Durham. Yeah. Like I'll get us a rain out, and you just go and get hammered and take a day off. And who knows? I mean, as they're traveling now from Baltimore to Detroit, like I'd really like to know what the guys are doing today or tonight. Um, I would hope that there's some veteran presence who gets like a dinner together, something not through the team, not some shit like they do in spring training where they bring in a magician or something like that. But like, hey, guys, like let's get together. Let's have some self-accountability. Yeah, I'll tell you what they're doing. Blaber's playing Call of Duty with Gio on Xbox. Tyone's probably checking out the coffee shops. Cole, I'm sure, is FaceTiming with his wife and baby. Like, I, I don't think they're all getting together. Unfortunately, you're right. Chapman, I don't even want to know what he's doing in Detroit. Like, let's just not think about that. <laughs> and, and, like, there have been – I get it. Guys get days off and stuff, but – you know, and sometimes guys come off the bench for defense. Off the bench for defense. A lot of guys have played in ten games. Rizzo, Gia, uh, Stanton, Donaldson, Hicks, Judge, Glaber, Gallo, DJ LeMay, who's only played in nine. Now I know it's one game. Some of these are like you know defensive change and stuff, but I mean DJ's hitting three twenty one. He had an awful year last. Hit an off year last year. He's won two batting titles. Like, just fucking get him in the lineup every day. And then if you want to find that bats for Glaber, great. You try to find them. But not at the expense of the guy who's hitting. Absolute joke that they're a platoon. I mean, Glaber, there's not one thing today that Glaber does better on a baseball field than DJ. Not one thing. There is absolutely no reason that that should even be a conversation. Like, like I don't care about hurting Glaber's feelings anymore, man. Like, we talked about that last year, 2020. This is his third shit season in a row. Like, I'm sorry if it hurts his feelings. Again, you just talked about the whole the whole mental thing. But grab some pine, man. You're, you're a bench player now. That, that's what I would say. Yeah, and it's not like, hey, you're a bench player for forever. Like, who knows? Like, when you get – like – you look at Tom Brady. You look at, um, you know, hey, you look at Lou Gehrig. You look at guys who were on the bench, and then there was an injury. There was an opportunity that came up, and I'm not saying Glaber Torres is Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Lou Gehrig. But when you're a bench player, you're a bench player, and you, when you get the opportunity to not be a bench player, if you do something with it, then there you go. And that's just how it should come about. But. There's no one who is saying when, and now I know obviously like Jose Trevino has, uh, you know, been knocking the cover off the ball, um, with his, you know, couple hits there. But at the same time, like no one's going like, well, we got to get Tim LaCastro in the lineup. Like, yeah, he's going to get opportunities to play because guys will need days off. And, you know, he went out and made a nice catch yesterday, but like Glaber. I don't know, maybe you're a pinch hit sack fly guy right now. Like, that's just what it is. Yeah, no, exactly. And sticking with the infield, you know, another disappointment was our prized acquisition, Josh Donaldson. He's hitting 200. He's got a 256 OBP. He's one of the few guys that have actually played all 10 games. You know, I'm not, not going to panic on him yet, but it would really suck if this turns out to be another, you know, Cash loves doing this, right? He brings in former Yankee killers four years too late. Randy Johnson, Ellsbury, Vernon Wells, Travis Hafner. I, I could literally give you a book of these kind of acquisitions. So that that definitely scares me there. 
Yeah, you don't feel great about it. I think because it's still early. You know, it's 40 at-bats in. It was a shorter spring training. We said that, um, you know, that could, you know, throw things off. But he also, you know, he didn't miss a day of spring training. You know, he got up early and drove up to Tampa. Um, he's been around long enough that it's it's either he's going to figure it out or he just fell off the cliff. You know, like it's only two options at this point with him. And the track record says he'll figure it out and, you know, he'll be a productive player if that's 280. Um, you know, that's great. If that's 260, you know, we'll take it. We won't love it. Um, if he plays good defense and can get, you know, a big hit in the right spot, which he did for us the other day, the other night. Um, but like Glaber, there is no, like, we've never seen him bounce back from a rough stretch. Josh Donaldson has. That's true. Yeah, that that's a fair point. Last year, Donaldson hit 250 with 26 bombs. I would sign up for that in a heartbeat today. And at the same time, if Josh Donaldson was hitting 200 with the, the stats that he has and Glaber was batting 260 and he had three home runs, I'd be like, all right, fine. Like, let's move. And DJ was doing what he's doing. Great. Donaldson's on the bench. And yeah, it's $26 million on the bench. But, you know, I play Fortnite and uh, sometimes I have to get one AR instead of another kind of AR because they have like different types. And uh, I've got to get the one that has less power because I can at least fucking hit something. Like yeah, the other yeah. ones I can't hit. Doesn't matter if it does 50 damage if I don't hit you. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think it would be easier. Like it'd be easier to give Donaldson a pass and just say, oh, he's getting started up. If if Gala wasn't hitting 138, if Glaber wasn't hitting 161, like you have so many guys in the shitter that, that like that that's the depressing things. Like how are how are all of these guys having career worst years? Like is there something in the water? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think there. Well, I don't think it's there's something in the water. I think there's something organizationally wrong with us because Matt Blake has come and taken over pitching, and you know it's it's been worlds different the last two years, like worlds different. It's crazy. It's crazy. We were all right about Larry Rothschild, I guess. Everybody wanted him gone. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he whatever, he, and he, he's old and. Even, you know, and I don't think it was just Larry Rothschild because I've mentioned it before, but when Sonny Gray was on R2C2 in like 2020, like right before COVID happened, it was like during that spring training, he was on there and he was just like, yeah, you know, I came into the Yankees. They asked like why it didn't work and he was like, ah, I came into the Yankees and I was asking for like certain data and they were just like, yeah, we don't have that. Like we don't do that here. Yeah, it would have been nice to have him – like if he would have intersected with Matt Blake, I'm sure it would have worked out. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been totally different because so even you know when you look at it and you go, OK, Cole – like I don't think there's anything regardless that Matt Blake can do to or for Cole. I think Cole's going to be who Cole is. He's a veteran enough that he'll either figure it out or not figure it out. He hasn't looked – he hasn't been the ace that we want. I think sometimes the expectations are crazy. We expect a perfect game every day. Um, but when you look at like what he's done at the back end of the order with like Cortez and um, you know some of the stuff that he's been able to get with Kion, Tyone and some of the bullpen guys and even Montgomery, you wonder on the opposite side where so many guys are falling off like just having their worst time. 
How much better do you think Aaron Judge would be with like good coaching? Yeah, it's fair. I mean, yeah, it's fair. Like even Gallo, he's hitting 138, but like his career average is 207. Yeah. <laughs> like you're 70 points below shit. It's 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 scary. Yeah, I don't know. And it sounds like from Gallo's comments specifically, he, you know, he essentially said something along the lines of like, I'm not just going to start trying to make more contact. Like I am who I am. And I feel like it's that same stubborn mentality that Cashman has, that, that Boone has. Like these guys, they don't really try to improve on their weaknesses. They just say, I'm good at this, so I'm only going to try and do this. And I, I think that's part of it. Like, yeah, hey, I got to the big leagues, you know, being like this and it'll – It'll work. And I think that mentality, I do understand some of it, but also uh, there's scouting reports. Like everyone else has adjusted. Yeah, like you yeah. did what you could do. Because as you're going through the minor leagues, like, yeah, sure, they have scouting reports. But, you know, half the guys down there, you don't know where the ball is going to go when it comes out of their hand. So it's just like, yeah, you, you fucking go up there, you see the ball, you smash the shit out of it. I remember all the hype for Joey Gallo when he was coming up to big leagues. And then. As the years have gone on, I follow less overall baseball because I just have less time to do it instead of watching the same sports center three times in a row and baseball tonight and knowing every player and everything that's ever happened. Um, so, you know, when you'd see like four guys, like four guys straight up in the outfield for Gallo, like that was a big deal. You know, second baseman's still on the outfield grass too. So it's five guys. Now that you see him in front of you, you're just like, this guy's never, he's never going to be a huge contract. Like, cause I thought to a certain extent when we were getting him, cause I knew he won the gold glove in 2020. It's just like, oh man, like we're going to have, he's going to probably get 200 million. Judge is going to, this guy's not going to get fucking like, he's not going to get anything. No, three years, not. three years, 60 million, maybe, maybe. maybe. Cause of the defense, but like he also just looks uncomfortable. Like you look at him and Rizzo, they came over at the same time. Rizzo just looked so at ease. Getting along Yo, Rizzo with looks good. Rizzo yeah. has like, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to – this is the first one of the season. Hot guy Yankee. Like he's looking chiseled. He's got like – with the buzz cut, it's a kind of Caesared uh, yes, with yes. the fade. He's got – he's very tan early. Like that Italian – you know, skin in that Florida sun. I don't, <laughs> he's from Florida. I don't know where he spends his off season, but like Rizzo's looking like kind of hot. The jawline's looking tight. I'm Slim jealous. down. He's and and when he makes those scoops at first, you know, he makes those look pretty sexy to you know with the glove. He's catching yeah, a lot of balls in foul territory, like from like just bad throws that it's like yes. Voight would never. Oh my god. Yeah, no, but yeah, I mean, like what I was going to say is Gallo and Rizzo, they got here at the same time. Rizzo has looked very comfortable and Gallo hasn't. Like Gallo's never smiles. He just looks very tense. Just doesn't look like he's an enjo he's enjoying himself out there at all. That's a good point. I've thought he looks like he has imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing that I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he has a look in his eye of like, oh, man, they're fi they're figuring me out. Yeah. They're figuring yeah. out I was never supposed to be here. Rizzo, look, he played in Chicago, big market, played in the World Series, played in multiple playoff series over the years. Gallo's never played in a playoff game. I mean, clearly going from te – and Texas, it's like that's a football state. They don't give a shit about the Rangers. It's all, it's all Cowboys yeah. down there. So to go from an environment like that where nobody gives a shit and it's 15,000 fans a game to playing at Yankee Stadium every night, like it's clearly fucked him up. I thought he'd get over it in the offseason though. Yeah, like that was – the hope was – you know, because even – Rizzo didn't have 
a home, you know, in the offseason. Like, it was, you know, where is he going to end up? But then it becomes, oh, you know, you're going to get the opportunity to come back to New York. Maybe he worked harder in the offseason because he, you know, was going to get in front of teams, not necessarily to do a workout, but just like, hey, best shape of my life. You know, it's, it's spring training, best shape of my life guy. Whereas Gallo, who knows what he did. Yeah, yeah. And and Gallo was like, oh, I didn't have a home. It was so hard. Like, dude, you were probably in a penthouse in some really nice hotel or apartment at, at Park Avenue or something. Like, I'm sorry. I don't I don't feel bad for you, dude, that you didn't have, know where you were living. Like, that. that's such a joke to me. Yeah, these guys, when they get, like, traded over, I mean, they're put up in, like, you know, a four-star hotel. Dude, know, yeah, they're not on Zillow. Over. The fucking Yankees traveling secretary is booking them in. They don't fucking lift a finger. They just – you're in a suite. You get a suite yeah. in Midtown. You've got the world at your fingertips and people ready to help you. And then in the offseason, we'll figure out a home for yeah. you. It's a, it's a joke. You brought up Cole and the, and the expectations. To me, the reason I have really high expectations for me this year – you know, last year, one of the main reasons they didn't win the division is Cole – pitched terribly against the Blue Jays and the Red Sox compared to other teams. Like He just didn't pitch well against AL East opponents. And yep. to start the year with a, a shit start against the Red Sox and then a mediocre start against the Blue Jays, like, dude, you got to go out and shove. Like, you're, you're my ace. I need you to beat those teams. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, it's – I don't know. Maybe I give a little more credit because there are just – there are so many other areas that we can be mad at that are yeah. dramatically worse. Like if you go out and you give up and you give me six runs, uh, uh, sorry, six innings of three runs, like we should, this team should score easily five runs every day. It's crazy. It's crazy. They're averaging three runs a game. I know it's only ten games, but like the lack of offense. And last year, I think they were twenty first out of thirty teams in in total runs. Like this disappearing offense. When you look at the names in the lineup, it's just it's so mind boggling. And it gets, you know, you lose in the stats, you do lose some because you get like, you know, Aaron Hicks is on paper having, you know, it, it, at a quick glance, it's like, well, well, he's, you know, he's batting 333, he's got five walks, but he's hit into, what's he got, three double plays? With maybe, the bases loaded. Two. I believe they were all with the bases loaded, one out in like tie games. Like yeah. the worst time to hit into one. And he's got other ones where he's had the... um He's hit into a double play. Not he's hit a double play ball. They just haven't turned the double play. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean the Friday night one. I think it was one one in the sixth. They had bases loaded, one out, and he had a three zero count, and he hit into yeah. a double play. That can't happen, dude. If you just hit a sack fly there or just take a walk, anything else, they win that game. RBI regular RBI ground out. Anything else, they win that game, and they're just not doing it. They're not doing it in in the big spots. It's it's been. It's been really disappointing, um, all of them. I, I, it, it's really dumbfounding. And the people that say, oh, it's a small sample size. No, it's not. There were 162 games last year. There was the wild card game, and there were 10 games this year. That's 173 games of the same dudes making the same mistakes. So don't sit here and tell me this is a small sample size. Yeah, and for people who were upset about some of the moves that were made, like if you don't have Josh Donaldson and you've got Geo at – third base and you've got Gary behind the plate or G even where Geo at shortstop DJ at third base Gary behind the plate this team is not better than it has been 
You know? No, no, they're about the same probably. If without that Minnesota trade, I'd say they they're probably in the exact same spot. Probably in the same spot, possibly even worse. Maybe, yeah. I think the the catching defense has been better. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just and it goes back to Cashman because I don't think like if you put Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, we're on this team, and this is now a two hundred and eighty million dollar lineup with one of those guys playing shortstop instead of IKF, and then you've still got Geo at third base, you've got Gary behind the plate, I don't think this is a better team. Mm, I think I disagree with you. I'd rather have one of those and and have Gary and Geo than have Donaldson, IKF, and Higgins. Well, that's like, I think it's a better team, but I think it's like marginally better. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough. It's just it's just so disappointing overall when you look at, like, the offense specifically. And, again, the names, and they're just not – like, Judge hasn't been great. Even Stanton had a hot first weekend and then, and then kind of cooled off. Rizzo, hot first weekend, then kind of cooled off. Like, for these names to be producing the way they are, that, that's what I can't get over. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the stats, you know, you look at Stanton – Essentially, you you know, Stanton's going to be a 35-40 home run, 100 RBI guy and hit like 270. For $22 million, like that's what that gets you now. Yeah, no, like, that's it, still it a, a good that's still a good value for for what he's getting. Yeah, he's hitting 263 with a 275 OBP, so I guess that means he's probably only walked once. Yeah. That's he's, that's, that's kind of a He's weird got 13 story. strikeouts, which isn't great. <sighs> It's a lot, yeah. In in the ten games, Stanton's played every game. Yeah, he, you know he's. I think he he's maybe pitch hit. Oh, okay. Because I, I was gonna say I don't think he started. I guess they count that as a game play. Yeah, they count that as a game play. So okay. what I'm saying is like they find at bats for guys. You know, back to my like way back point, they're finding at bats for guys. And like even when if DJ's on the bench, it's like ah, he you know we're not going to use him here. The best hitter we have. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
Yeah, it's it's terrible. And then I know you mentioned kind of Cole isn't on your list of like we have bigger problems. One thing that I'm kind of done with is is Chapman as the closer. And I've been a big defender of him even after the Altuve home run, the Braza home run. I've always defended Chapman, but like I don't have time for this. Oh, I can't figure out my stuff or I need more work or I can't find the zone today. Like we don't have time for that anymore. So I fell asleep on Friday and I woke up. You know when you wake up and it's just like if I don't piss immediately, I'm gonna piss the bed. Like, yeah, yeah. and that happened to me at 11:30 on Friday night. Like I fell asleep, like just kind of fell asleep in bed watching the game. Gotcha. And then like woke up, you know, not even like f- I wasn't fully ready for bed, and was just like I gotta piss so bad. Three, two, count. What the fuck? The bases are loaded. Like you're just trying to sort out what's yeah, going on. Yeah. And then I'm like trying to like I, I was watching from the doorway to my bathroom because I'm like I got foul ball. Come on, another pitch, another pitch. I gotta know what's gonna happen here. And I mean, at least he didn't smile at the camera. That <laughs> that's was something. That's what I took away from it. It's terrible. Just, and the excuses too. Oh, oh, we thought that was a strike. Why are you? First of all, it was a ball. It yes. was high. And second of all, it's your own fucking fault for putting yourself in that position to score one run in 11 innings against Baltimore. You should not be in that position, man. So you're totally right. 11 innings to only have one run. And I think Hubs pointed like you don't blame the umpire there. We blew. Here are all the opportunities we blew. Like that one call didn't cost us the game. That happened to be the last call. And there are people like, yeah, people. Sh- it shows it out of the zone. But if you look at like other angles, it looks like it crossed the plate. Dude, it was a ball. Yeah, it was. A it ball. was a ball. It was a ball. Because if you throw fucking hundred and two miles an hour, throw that. Fucking throw that. Don't throw it down the middle. Throw it up and in on his fucking hands. Like there are a million places that you can put that ball in that strike zone. Over 100 miles an hour. And you know what? If they fucking beat you because he hits it to the moon like Devers did years ago with the fucking Joe's McFly selfie, yeah, yeah. then yeah, hey, then there you go. He beat you with your best shit. But this fucking slider that you've been working on in the offseason between cigarettes and sparring sessions <laughs> isn't what I want in the 11th inning bases loaded tie game. No, especially when you when he is not throwing the consistent ability to throw it for a strike. I guess in fairness, he hasn't been able to do that with the fastball either. He he really never knows where the fucking ball is going. That's the problem. I mean, he walked. I think two of the guys' bases loaded. Two of them were walks. Like, just stop fucking walking, people, dude. I think he gets a pass because I don't know what. Like, obviously, he likes working out and like boxing and and you know just manly rugged shit like guns and domestic violence. Um, <laughs> Jesus, but. I think a big part is his metabolism too. Like he I think because of the way he physically looks, I feel like he gets away from by having not a great work ethic. I don't think we see the not like if he showed up pudgy, it'd be a lot easier to be like, What the fuck are you doing? You know, like Gary would show up and be like, You're fat, you didn't work on the offseason. Yeah. This guy <laughs> shows up, he looks ripped, but it also but the product looks like he didn't work in the offseason. You know, I think he does work. I think he almost spends too much time working on the wrong things. Like I think he I think he's squatting 500 pounds or he's yes. bench pressing. But like, dude, I don't know. I'm not a pitcher, but like work on accuracy. Like what's – Work on baseball. Yeah. You're playing ba- – because you're not even a baseball player. Like I don't need you to squat 500. I need you to squat 
whatever it is that's going to be good for like for your body to do the things. Like when Cece lost all that weight and I was like, I don't really care about you playing catch with your kids when they get older. I need you fat to throw a baseball yes. the best. Yeah, keep eating that Captain Crunch. And I don't think it's a matter of hard work. It's just like the whole work smarter, not harder thing. Like he needs to work smarter. Yeah, well, I think he's he's doing sparring sessions and doing like huge squats. But we don't see a lot of him like playing catch or working on a pitch or, you know. Yeah, dude. And look, two years ago when the bullpen was essentially just Green, Britain, and Chapman, like we kind of had no choice. But now we have all these guys – Holmes, Loisaga, you know, Peralta, like let let one of these other guys try being the closer at this point. Like they have other options. It's, it's it's not like two years ago where he was the only option to close. Yeah, I mean, I said it in probably the last episode we did before the season started. Like let him go, put him in the sixth inning when it's just like, yo, we just we need a clean sixth inning. Like go out there and get get your clean innings in the sixth, and then maybe you end up back to closing, but. You know, he's a free agent after this year. He's going to look for a contract somewhere. I know he wants the stats that say save, but like I don't give a fuck about that. The same way I'd run Aaron Judge out in the center field 155 times. Yeah, and he probably won't be. He probably won't be back here anyway. And it's the same thing with Glaber. Like I don't care about hurting his feelings if he in the sixth inning. Like you, you guys don't have the benefit of the doubt anymore of like your feelings because we're not fucking winning games and you're not performing. Yeah. And, you know, some of these guys will make the all-star game because there's a lot of Yankee fans and they'll get a fan vote. But, like, none of it really matters if we don't win a World Series. No, no, yeah. I mean, the rest of the bullpen, like, we've been negative, obviously, because the team's been sucking. But the pitching, the bullpen, I mean, we got three great pitching performances this weekend. The bullpen, King, Peralta, they've, they've all been lights out. So, I mean, that's that's cool. That's something to be happy about. The the pitching has been great. And I think we've praised Matt Blake and what he's done and what he was able to find out of, you know, last year too, where, you know, Kluber's in, he throws a no-hitter, and now he never plays again until, you know, he faces us this year and probably throws another no-hitter. But, yeah, I mean, the, the problem sits with the offense because – Yes, a lot of the money that we've spent is Cole, Britton, Chapman. Britton's not available. Chapman sucks. Cole is struggling. <laughs> um, but, like, we built a lineup that should get us easily five runs a game. Easily. And if we had five runs a game, we would have lost one game. It's so ironic, dude. So, like, I started following the team, like, 2000. We've talked about this. And for most of my life, you know, the the problem was always had good lineups, Sheffield, A-Rod, Giambi, Matsui, Bernie, but the pitching always faltered. And that was the that was the case for like 15 years. Now, all of a sudden, our pitching's nasty and we forgot how to hit. It's like, God damn. And it's the problem is it's I think it's the rhythm, like you said, of the lineups, because these guys, they can hit. We get the bases loaded a lot, but there is just no. And I know it's not the same as basketball. But there's no alley-oop to this lineup. There's no like, yep, you're going to go out there, you're going to get the walk, and I know that I'm going to drive in the big hit. Or even to know, hey, you know what? I'm up with the bases loaded. I can get walked. I can eat a pitch here because the guy behind me scot me. It feels like they're all just like, you know what? I'm going to be the guy who hits the first ever five-run home run. But really, it's a double play. And it's, it results in such a boring watch, dude. I don't know about you. These games are not entertaining at all. These games fucking like, suck. 
dude, they're so fucking boring. There's so many first pitch pop-ups, flyouts. Like they don't steal, they don't hit and run, they don't they don't get on base. It is a boring watch. Like I'll be watching us hit, and I find myself going on my phone or like picking up a magazine or something because it's just not holding my attention. We've got Judge stole a base, Trevino stole a base, Hicks has been caught. That's all we've done so far. So Kiner Falefa, who is a pretty fast guy, has not attempted stolen base yet, and LeCastro obviously hasn't been on base yet. No, no. And Glaber bunted yesterday, but that was like a depressed, I'm in a slump and I don't trust myself to get a hit bunt. Yep. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think there was a man on first, uh, no outs, and I think Higgy was was on deck behind him. Like, it did not make sense to bunt there, but that was just a, like, I don't even want to try to hit right now, so I'm going to take the bunt. Like, that was kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, that was like my, like, me and Little League when I was yeah, like, I've been there. Yeah. yeah, like six foot tall, bigger than everyone, not, just can't get a hit right now. So, like, I'm going to bunt. I'm going to bunt for a single in the four spot. Yeah, when I played, like hitting was not hitting was not my strength. So if I was in like an 0 for 7, 0 for 8, it'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to bunt. And I everyone's going to high-five me when I get back to the dugout. I'm going to move the runner over, and it won't be a failed. It won't be a failed at bat. And that's exactly what Glaber was thinking. Yeah. Um, I also – I know like we, we talked about how Higgy is such a good pitch framer, and then Trevino is supposed to be like rated the best pitch framer. And I – Maybe he was trying to buy that, you know, really sell that Chapman last pitch because he was out of there. Like he was like, boom, I'm gone. Like that's so much of a strike that like you're obviously going to call it a strike. And I, it felt like maybe he showed up the umpire a little bit. Whereas if he had framed it more than removing his whole body, we could have maybe gotten the pitch. There could have been a better frame job, I thought. Yeah, no, I see that a lot. And then the other thing I see is that they, they try to frame pitches that, that aren't even close to strikes. And then the um, it's like the boy that cried wolf. And you see other catchers do that to judge. Like the ball's nine inches off the plate and at his ankle, and they'll try to like bring it up and frame it. Yep. And and it's again, it's the boy it's the boy that cried wolf. And umpires are aware of this now. Like they're very aware of the framing metrics and they don't want to get duped. Yeah, no. I, so that was just I mean, that's a little nitpicky thing in the grand scheme yeah. of the entire weekend. But I just, I was just like, you know, of course you're going to call that a ball every time. Don't show me up like that because these umpires have egos. And it was a ball. Like, that's one thing that gets very annoying with Yankee fans is just no one can, like, something so obvious where they show, one, you have eyes. You saw the pitch. We all knew it was a fucking ball. But they show on the screen the box, and it's not in the box. It wasn't even close. Yeah, the older I get, the more I realize and understand why other fan bases and other sports fans in general make fun of Yankee fans. It's like it's situations like that. Like the ball's not in the box, like you said. What are you crying about? It's a, a victim complex of it was the um the same thing with the home run that Vlad Jr. hit that went in and out of Hicks's glove. And it was just like <laughs> that could be they showed us a billion angles of that ball hitting the other side of the fence and coming back. That's a home run. Like, not everything is against us. And you know what? If they go and they review it, they're probably going to get it right. Yeah. Did, it, you tweeted, right? Did you tweet that next to the Canseco yeah. ball bouncing off his head? That was hilarious. Yeah. It's just like I haven't been tweeting as much during games because they're just fucking boring. Yeah. How's it been? So – 
I imagine you don't really talk about much besides the Yankees and the Giants um, in general. But how has it been in your house? Because in my house, it's been like the last 10 days have been very much like, oh, yeah, this shit is back. And it is every fucking day. Like with my wife, just like, oh, what, what do you, uh, what do you got to? I'm like, well, the, the Yankees are on. And there are some games where it's like, yeah, I can, I can throw it on the laptop if you want to, you know, watch something because it's a long season. I'm trying to hold this marriage together. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to throw away my marriage for uh, a Blue Jays game in April. But yeah, it's very much, I feel like for significant others, man, woman, whatever, um, there's a lot of significant others who are like, ah, oh, this fucking thing's back. And it's every day, and you don't even like these guys. Yeah, you're just complaining. Honestly, for me, it's really just been confusion on Jamie's end. Like, we'll be sitting there, and it, like the Hicks double play is a perfect example. Like, she'll look at the TV, it says base is loaded, no outs, Hicks is up or whatever. She'll leave the room, you know, she'll come back five minutes later, and she'll be like, wait, they didn't score? Like, what happened? Like, and th- there's been so many instances of that. And, Those and are I'm such. Like, yeah, we suck dangerous situations because my wife gets in the same thing where it'll be something like wait they didn't score and the answer they're looking for is yeah he had a double play but it turns into a five minute rant about how like a trade in 2016 is really fucking us right now yeah or she'll be like wait like it's the eighth inning and they don't have any runs yet like because the the game's always on but she's not like locked into it she's more just kind of checking in and she'll be like wait like or, or another one is like we were down 3 nothing to the Blue Jays, and she's like, wait, I thought Cole was pitching. Like, she knows at this point to assume, all right, if Cole's pitching, there's probably not going to be a lot of runs scored. Should be an easy night around the house. Yeah. <laughs> so when she sees that, I remember, like, yeah, like when we were the, – the night that Cole let up those, those homers to Vlad, we were at Iron Hill Brewery, like, sitting outside, and they put the game on. And she, like, blinked or looked down at her appetizer or something, and, it, and we were down one nothing. And she's like, wait, I, I thought Cole was pitching. Like, what's going on? And then I have to explain, like, yeah, I don't know. He's just not an ace yet this year. Yeah. So, yeah. It's tough. tough. It's tough. I was glad I didn't get down to Baltimore this weekend. Dude, I was thinking that. So Friday, like, I got out at 2 for work. And I was like, oh, this would have been the perfect weekend. But, like, it's Easter, getting married next weekend, so it's not happening. And then by, like – the eighth inning, maybe like the sixth inning of Friday's game. I'm like, I'm so glad that we yeah. did this trip. <laughs> and then hail on Saturday. I think there were two rain delays Saturday. Like, yeah, it was an initial delay, and then in the fourth inning or whatever, they delayed it. Yeah, and then it was it was hail the second time. So it's just like, fuck that. Although hotels booked July 23rd. Nice. And you're the kind of guy where you go and you just go all out on Saturday. Whereas, like, I'll go and I'll hit at least two games. So it would have been worse for me, I think. Yeah, no, you go for, like, the longer amount of time. Yeah. I can't. I also have kids, so it's right, like right, right. I, I want to be around my kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we drive, you know, we get grandma to come and pick them up at, like, 10. And then we're down in Baltimore by, like, 1230 for a 7 o'clock game. Get yeah, drunk. now, between the weather and how poorly they played, it was terrible. One thing I wanted to bring up, so you're – your friend uh, Neil, he he tweeted or he had a story or his podcast or something where he talked about how basically yesterday Boone was like, we're going to turn it around. I have confidence. Or He gave this quote and Neil pointed out that Boone said the exact same thing a year ago from yesterday and they never ended up turning it around. And it's like I put Boone on the list to complain about him. But like I feel like we just know we just know what he is at this point. Like do we need to complain about him every week? Yeah. Shout to Neil. He definitely doesn't listen to the show. Uh, but he had a baby like two days ago or something nice, like nice. that. Yeah. 
So congratulations to him and Brittany. Um, yeah, I mean, Boone is Boone. I mean, this is, I'm not going to get upset about Boone. Like he's in yeah. a, he's in a three year contract. I said not to give him another one. Like it just, like that is what it is. Like, you know, being right, like, like what, with all the things with Judge that I've been right on, like I didn't want to be right, but like it is what it is. Yeah, no. And it's like, I think to me, it falls under that. Like we have bigger problems at this point. Like we know what Boone's going to say. We know he's not going to make good lineups or bullpen decisions. Yeah, fuck you guys. Not a good manager. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's like, you know, when you hear about people who are in relationships and it's just like, yeah, he cheated on me. And then he said he'd stop. And then he did. And then like we broke up for two weeks, but then he really said he'd stop. And then he cheated on me three more times. Like, yeah, that's what that guy's going to fucking do. <laughs> That's just what Boone is going to do. Boone is going to speak in vagities and just be like, yeah, no, I think we're going to turn it around. Um, like he's – it's as if he's got like a, a motivational like calendar. Like He's just like, you know, just takes it off. He gets a quote. When he can use it, he uses it like word of the day. It, it really is. And then like we've talked about this, the beat reporters, they're not asking hard-hitting questions. Like they just you know what happened. Yeah, it's going to be – I had said it yesterday because um, uh, someone had tweeted like, yeah, there's just going to be softball questions. And like, yeah, that's what it's going to be. We've There are too many beat reporters. We got to we gotta cut it down to like three people because now you've got MLB, yes, The Post, The Daily News. The Athletic. The Athletic. The, we, let the Lindsay, New Jersey one. Yeah, NJ.com. There's probably someone there from Odyssey, you know, who writes for WFAN. Right. right. Uh, Like, so you've got all these things. Let, you know, I'm going to be progressive. Let Lindsay Adler keep her job. I enjoy her. Um, But like a lot of these guys, it used to be, it used to be that it was like a handful of guys. And these guys were, were, were men who were keeping these other men accountable. And I'm not saying that in terms of like, their actual sex. Like Lindsay Adler can be a man too. And just hold these guys accountable. Like if you give us a fucking bullshit answer, there's got to be a follow-up. And then you know what? If you want to get pissed off at me, fine. Get pissed off at me. Because that exclusive interview is not coming to you. It's going to Fox for All-Star Game weekend or right before the wild card game. Or it's going to TBS for like a Saturday game or something right. like that. But Aaron Judge is never going to sit down with The Athletic or Brian Hoke or fucking whoever and be like, I'm going to tell you the real – no, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah, it's like they all have this pipe dream. They all have this pipe dream that it might. They're, it's crazy. They're, 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 there's what, like 10? They do have like 8 to 10 B reporters. It's yeah. Wild. It's far too many guys. <laughs> far too many. Yeah. Because I, it's all yeah. just like – it's the same thing. If you just look, like you follow the same people I follow yeah. probably. I, I probably don't follow – I probably am missing some of them. But when you – when something happens, right, when they make a decision that like, oh, we're sending someone down or someone's getting called up, you are getting the exact same tweet from fucking 10 different people just saying the same thing. And then there's always someone who's like four minutes later saying the same thing. It's like, we fucking know. We know <laughs> – because every one of you who's standing in the same fucking room tweeted it out. You might as well, like, clear that out and send fucking Jake from John Boy in there. Let him ask fucking questions. Yeah, yeah. Get Carabas in there. You know, let people a- ask fucking real questions. 
you know what? Like, there should be one blogger that gets to go every day, and but you can only go like a maximum three times a year. So, like, let's make the most of our fucking question. Let's ask the dickheaded questions because that was my thing, and I'm not going to harp on the um the the COVID vaccine stuff because that's not gonna we're not going to do that for another week. Um, but like when Rizzo and Judge and the guys were being asked, and they were just like, "Yeah, you know, we're not going to discuss it." All right. Well, I have another question about the exact same fucking thing. Like that. That's what it should be. Like you don't get to media just fucking sucks. Yeah, they're, they're scared. They're scared of the players. It's weird. Like the players used to be kind of scared of the media, and now the the media scared of the players. It, it is interesting how it's changed. Like George King was one of those old men on men thing that you yeah. just said where he didn't fuck around. He asked hard questions. He'd argue with Steinbrenner. Yeah, there was like uh, Wallace Matthews, I think, yes. like a couple years ago. Ian like Connor. Yeah. Like these guys were like, fuck it, because you know what? They all went to like the same bar after and whatever. And now it's, you know, they're like, oh, well, I brought this artisanal jam to the fucking press box. Let's all make peanut butter and jellies. Literally. <laughs> uh, they got the Tigers this week. Cole Severino Montgomery. Man, if they don't win this fucking series, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's crazy because, like, there was – even though we lost that shitty game on Friday, it was like, all right, well, like, if we win Sunday, then we still haven't lost the series. But now we've lost the series. And now we've got to go do a – we've got Miggy th- five hits away from 3,000. Oh, he's definitely going to get that against us. He kills us. So you've got that. We've got a getaway day, you know, a, a day game that's going to feel like um, it's one o'clock for us. It's noon there, so they got to be up earlier to fly back for lightweight hoodie night on Friday. So you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough one um, because I don't know what the fucking the Tigers record is. Let's see, they're four and five. We're five and five, so basically the same. Yeah. Everyone's pretty much the same right now. Well, except for good teams. Good teams are good. We're not one of them. Um, I mean, the seven and three Mets. But yeah, I mean, anything can happen. We could win this series. We could lose the series. The hope is Cole can go in there and be that stopper right now. And now I'm not saying he's going to go out there and give me eight innings of shutout ball, but like, give me fucking two runs over six innings. Yes, minimum. Yeah. Or even five innings, one run. Yeah. And let's go out there. Let's get a win. Let's get some offense. Let's shock the world and get a sweep. Like, you still have to be thinking. Like, you still have to be thinking sweep. We just had an off day. There are a lot of guys got days off during this series in Oakland. I mean, in uh, Baltimore. So there is no excuse for anyone. Run the same lineup out there three days in a row. Yeah, I'm clicking the arrow on the schedule here, and just based on my eye test, this is the easiest part of the schedule by far. Like, it's not even close, so I don't want to hear that it's early. They gave you the easy games early. Win them, because the the second half is a gauntlet at at Houston. They go to the West Coast. They go to Fenway a bunch of times. Like, second half is going to be tough, man. Yeah, and that's what I I said, I think it was uh, maybe two weeks ago, is Orioles, Detroit, Cleveland, Orioles, Kansas City – before we have to go to Toronto where we're likely still missing players. Um, 
the, you know, th- this is a stretch. The Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that Toronto. I mean, we could be. I, I you know you're still seeing reports that like we're going to be missing two guys from our starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, Judge clearly isn't going to get it. If he wasn't going to get it during spring training, he's definitely not getting the shot. I, I know we're saving that for next week, but yeah, yeah we, we won't have him. And then again, if Stanton needs a day, which he obviously will, it's on turf, there's no way Boone's going to let him play three days in a row. So at least one of those games, you're going to be down Judge and Stanton. I mean, you're just putting yourself in such a hole, man. Yeah, you're looking at uh, LaCastro, Hicks, Gallo outfield for oh, at least one game. God. And that's, you know, hey, it, that's if everyone stays healthy between now and then. LaCastro, Florial, Gallo, you know, outfield in division games. Yeah, that's fucking scary. What's the next game that you're targeting, would you say? To go to? Yeah. I think May 6th could be a Friday. Yeah, I'm probably one that's Star Wars night, so it like brings out all the weirdos. Uh, I'll just ignore them. Yeah, I've got um, – and I've got like a birthday party on Saturday. The Sunday's Mother's Day. Gotcha. Like maybe like the May like twenty first. White Sox. Like, yeah, yeah, like maybe that's something to look at. Um, I think I'm looking at June eleventh for the Cubs in town. Oh, that Saturday night. Yeah, it's Saturday night game. I think we're gonna we got a babysitter and we're gonna get a hotel and get up there at like one o'clock have a day in the city go out to the game go to billy's after you know wait for traffic to die down get an uber back to the hotel um nice Uh, yeah i'd maybe go to that saturday that saturday cubs game yeah i mean i think that i think that's gonna be a, a good trip and then uh the only other thing i have planned so far is uh july 23rd in baltimore 705 you'll be there i'll be there i got my hotel programming alert these tigers games are at 640 this week yeah it's kind of bizarre and then did you notice that there are one our sunday games are now at 135 instead the sunday home games instead of one no i didn't notice that they, cha- they changed that but don't we have uh, like a couple that we play at like 10 a.m or something Eleven thirty-five. Yeah, so June fifth, the Sunday, they played eleven thirty-five at home against the Tigers. Like, what? Why? Yeah, because th- those are like the Apple TV games or something, something like that. Oh, uh, I thought Apple TV was Friday night. Maybe it's like an Amazon thing. Or- yeah, maybe it's Amazon. It's 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 one of the like nine oh. providers you need to watch games. Interesting, man, dude. There are so many. I mean, we don't need to rant about this, but dude, trying to keep track of all the different channels we're on and all the subscriptions you need and like for the prime i don't think we can watch those oh you said they'll still be on mlb tv for out of market yeah like if you're in market you have to have prime if you are out of market like we still just get everything the way that we get it and luckily we don't play the phillies this year so we don't have to watch any road broadcasts of you know Uh, talking about david boreanis's high school career The uh, Philly high school football preview in August. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So, I mean, it is you – know, we're wrapping up here. It is wedding week. You are – it is now Monday. It is 540 on Monday. You are getting married. I mean, I don't know how long – you're going to – Saturday from right now, you're going to be mid-ceremony or she'll be walking down the aisle. Yeah, 540. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah. Ready do, to go, man. Do you um? Do you think you're going to cry? I think at some point during the day I'll cry. Maybe not on the altar, but like at some point, like, I mean, not to get too personal, but like thinking about, you know, grandparents and stuff that I wish 
could be there that have passed away. Like those are kind of things. That That's actually my least favorite part of any wedding is when they're like, I don't know if you're like when you go to a religious one, yeah. they're always like, and now we're thinking about grandpa Dada, and grandma. And I'm like, they'd be 130 years old. Like, shut up. They're not here. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Let's get to the finger foods. <laughs> get to the oysters. Yeah. yeah. Anything. Um, yeah. They're, whenever we're at weddings and they start talking, I'm like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like four people at this wedding have met, you know, grandma, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I get that. I didn't cry at my wedding. I came as close to crying without legally crying. I got you. So you were like welling up a little. A lot. Okay. When I got like when I saw my wife come out and I had seen her before. We did yeah. are you doing pictures before? Yeah, yeah. So y'all have already seen her. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, but then when we were up there, she was actually just saying to me, she was like, Don't fucking cry. Don't cry. She's like telling me that. She's wow. like give it she was like, Don't cry, because I will cry, I will ruin all of my makeup. Do not ah, that's why. Because she okay. was like, I will cry too. So it wasn't about you just not being a pussy. She didn't want to. Yeah, no, she was just like, you're going to ruin my makeup. (laughs) You know, because she was like, you know, she played it out in her head so that she wouldn't cry. I didn't. I was like, I'm hanging out. I'm a fucking cool guy. Then you see her and you're like, oh, shit. I love this girl. (laughs) Um, So. It's a 105 game on Saturday. Yes, I knew this was going to come up. And you, for most people, it's just like. Hey, whatever. Like me watching or not watching is not going to impact that game. There was a Subway Series game when I got married. Um, one guy had MLB TV. It was a night game and like he gave me updates. Uh, the maid of honor in her speech included the score of the game. Uh, so that was nice. But for you, I mean, there's no way that you're going around taking pictures and not going to know what's going on or even, um, or your dad. Like your dad's not going to not be giving you updates. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so basically how it's going to go down. So pictures don't really start. I don't really have to do anything until two. So the first hour, I'm just going to watch it on TV. I'm bring, Well, I'll bring my laptop, obviously, with the HDMI cord. Watch that in my hotel room. And then, yeah, I'm thinking for pictures, just have it on my phone. Maybe have one of my groomsmen just carry around my phone with it and just kind of hold it up. So I'm not the asshole who's holding it. Yeah. You know? So I've thought about that. But honestly, one of the reasons... I mean, we wanted a spring wedding regardless, but I remember thinking, look, no matter what, it's April. It's not going to be that important of a game. They're playing the fucking Guardians. But no, I'll be I'll be looped in for sure. Honestly, it'll be a nice little like distraction, I think. We'll see. I see. Um, Chris Stefano is a comedian. Yeah. In New York. And he tells a story about how like when he first had his um, his daughter, like his wife is in labor. Like it's go- like it's showtime, legs up, <laughs> and he comes in with like a newspaper and a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and he's just like, "We gotta get rid of Sabathia," and he's like, "Dad, what are you doing? Like, here's my wife's like vagina, and I can see it getting close. Like, you're taking a big picture, and your dad just being like, I 'I don't know what we're gonna do about Boom. We gotta get rid of this guy.' <laughs> no, it's possible, but yeah, one o'clock game, so it'll be. I mean, I don't know with all these extra inning games. I, I hope it's over by the time I say I do. And yeah, it's not it's, a sixteen inning game. It, yeah, it should be. It um, should. But yeah, weather, weather, you know, knock wood, we everything's inside. But as of now, it looks like you know sixties, sixties, and no rain. So just kind of hope that continues. It's looking good. I tried on my tux. Nice. I mean, it's it's snugger than I'd like, but it fits. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're excited for it. 
Um, you'll still be here next week, right, to do the show? I should, yeah. Shouldn't yeah. be an issue. Yeah, you don't have I blanked on if you had a honeymoon thing. So we'll get the recap. Um, maybe I will tweet updates of the wedding from at George's Box Pod. Yeah, sure. Whatever maybe I'll do. just review the whole wedding. Just every little thing. Like ceremony, I'm going to score it. First dance, I'm going to score it. Um, hors d'oeuvres, I'm going to score it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm going to be honest for nice weddings like this. I'm just excited about the food. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I get it, man. I get it. Like Uh, you even said when we were driving back from opening day, you were like, (laughs) you know, you said you enjoy bougie things like this. And my whole thing is like, yeah, I do love bougie things. I also love trashy things. But for me, like when you're going to do a bougie thing, fucking do it bougie. Like if you're going to have a nice wedding, Let's fucking have a nice wedding. And this is, uh, you know, I'll be honest. If this was like in the suburbs at like a VFW hall, I'm probably <laughs> busy that day. But it's in the middle of the city. It's black tie. Yeah, I'm fucking there. <laughs> I, lo- I love the honesty. And honestly, <laughs> if I, I – I would hope if I did have something like that, I'd be fine with you. Be like, you know what, dude? To be honest, I just don't want to go to this. And like that would be okay. Yeah, it's just okay like too. there are some things where it's just like not worth the trip. Like there are yeah. some weddings where it's like at this age, it's like, ah, eh, no. Like I didn't go – when we graduated college and like people started getting married, a couple I know from college who I love, they're great people. They got married in Pittsburgh in December and everyone was like the big wedding. Like everyone's going. We're all going out there and I was just like, no, nah, I RSVP, no. And someone was like, where are you going? I was like, because it's in Pittsburgh in December. Like no part of that is fun for me. Yeah, I mean, I've spent my entire life essentially in a 40-mile radius, and I've already had to been in two weddings in California, and coming back from this last one, I'm like, I don't know if I want to travel for any more weddings. It's just, like a wedding's kind of a hassle as it is, and when you put a flight into it, it's just like, it's it's almost too much. Yeah, I mean, you went to San Diego, so like, that's kind of cool. I went to like Decatur, Illinois, and uh, and yeah, was why, in, a, why, in a basement. I made my own pulled pork sandwich. Oh, you told me about yeah, this. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, no, that like – no, I would definitely wouldn't do that again. But I'm excited for it. I think people who listen to the show are excited for it. Um, I'll try to get some content out from it uh, in a way that doesn't embarrass you or um, you know, interrupt anything. Cool. Yeah. Knock um, yourself out, man. And it's nice because like we're good friends but we're not close. So for more, my real close friends get married and we like go to go to the wedding, I always – I bring my passport and my wife is always like, why do you have your passport? I in case he changes his mind and he needs a guy, I'll be that guy. <laughs> like, I'm always prepared to leave the country if, like, if we need to, if you're not going to show up. But, like, I'm far enough removed from you that I just get to go. Like, I told you, I don't know anyone else at this wedding. I So I said, like, for my wife and I, it's just we're going to dinner at a nice restaurant and we all happen to know one guy. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's a good way to, that, that's a good way to look at it. Just going out to a nice dinner and everybody at the nice dinner knows me. <laughs> and, and yeah. And with like jewels and stuff, it's changed. Like people don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I used to just go meet people. I'd be like, if when I'm at weddings like this, it's like, I'll just get a pack of cigarettes, no lighter, and I'm going to meet fucking everybody. I'm right, going to find right. out all the scuttlebutt. Um, but yeah, like my wife, one last story. We went to this wedding and one of the bridesmaids was dating her cousin. Okay. I think it was his second cousin. But he was there. And like I had heard about this. And we ended up in this group of people between the ceremony and the reception. 
and he was in the group and I didn't know who it was. And I made some jokes the way I make jokes, not about that situation and whatever. And he had this like disgusted look with every joke I made. Like, how can this guy talk like this? And then I found out that guy was fucking his cousin. So oh. I was outside <laughs> this fucking venue. Just anytime, anytime I'd go out and smoke a cigarette, there'd be people like, me like, you know, there's cousins in here that fuck each other. <laughs> I did this the entire wedding. It became like a rumbling through the wedding of like, who were the cousins that are fucking each other? <laughs> yeah, get it out there enough times, people will start talking about it. Yeah. So I hope no one's fucking their cousin at your wedding. Or me too. Me too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, some laughs to take away the pain of the Yankee season so far. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow show at George's Box Pod. I'll be tweeting from somewhere of, of Nick's wedding uh, this weekend. Maybe giving a play-by-play, some of the highlights, uh, some of the low lights. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see you dance. Yeah. Um. You don't strike me as a dancer. Like there are certain people who, like my best friend Germ, his wife at one point goes. Have you ever have you ever seen Brendan sing? And I was like, what? no. And she goes, could you even picture it? And I was like, no, I couldn't ever picture him singing a song. Like, never even just like a song song and I enjoy it singing it. I just can't. Unless you are totally blacked out, I can't picture you dancing. Yeah, and you can't be bl- right. And you can't be totally blacked out for your first dance. No, nah, no, nah, this isn't this isn't ALCS game five. <laughs> <laughs> Best advice I got, like, you want a little bit of a buzz going into it. You, oh, yeah. You're going to want to be at, like, a five. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree, for sure. No, I'm right there. And, yeah, not not much of a dancer, hoping to just kind of kind of get through that part. But most of the wedding, all the weddings I've been to for my friends, like, none of them can fucking dance. Yeah, I just can't picture you, like, moving to music. <laughs> There's no railing to bang or seat cushion to... Yeah, there's no like, yeah, or you're not just like hammered and they put like pop that on. Like we're not at Billy's. <laughs> different environment. Yeah, this is a very different environment than Billy's for sure. Well, I'm excited for it. I'll see you at your wedding. Everyone else, we'll, uh, we'll see you at the parade. Uh, what parade? Who knows <laughs> this fucking team? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.